Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. A Jewish person reading these verses that Mary was betrothed to Joseph, they would read this verse a lot differently than we would. Also, the circumstances of his birth were unusual because notice in your Bibles again in verse 18, it reads, before they came together, she was found with child. Now, Luke chapter 1 gives us another aspect or fills in the blanks with Matthew concerning the Christmas story. In Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 28, it says, And having come in, having come in, the angel said to her, Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you, note this, among women. Now, the angel shows up and he says, Mary, you are blessed among women. Notice he doesn't say, Mary, you are blessed above women. I went to Catholic school for many years as I have told you in the past. And in my Catholic teaching, I have been taught that Mary, in many respects, was above women. In my Catholic teaching, I was taught and I know that Catholics seek to elevate Mary to a place that I believe grieves even Mary. They say that Mary was a perpetual virgin who rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. We call this the assumption of Mary. They teach that Mary was a co-mediator between God and man. They teach that Mary was a co-redemptress. That means that Mary helped Jesus in redeeming men, buying men out of the slave market of sin, that Mary helped in this. And so they elevate Mary to a place that is above women. Notice the angel said, blessed are you among women. And not only that, I believe though most certainly it grieves the heart of the Lord for them to do this to Mary. And I believe that it grieves the heart of Mary because Mary in the Magnificat there in the gospel of Luke, she acknowledges when the angel tells her that she's blessed among women, she's blown away. And she starts talking about she's going to give birth to God, my Savior, she says. Even Mary herself realized that she needed a Savior. 
And then fast forward to Acts chapter 1, we see Mary gathered together in the upper room with the disciples waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit to come and to live with inside of her and to empower her to live this life as a Christian. Just like every other believer, I most certainly believe, and I believe the Bible is clear, that Mary would be grieved to understand that anyone would be elevating her to a position that she does not belong. Now, conversely, Protestants protesting this teaching of Mary, about Mary, I think they go to the other end of the, we go to the other end of the pendulum and we say, well, Mary was just like any other woman. Well, that's not true either. Mary is not just like any other woman. The angel said, Mary, you are blessed among women. Mary, you are favored and more fortunate than all other women. So I think we need to be careful not to devalue the fact that Mary was an awesome woman of God, probably about 13 to 16 years old when she received Jesus in her womb. And we need to be careful not to diminish that, but also be careful not to elevate that to a place where the Bible is, does not teach. Amen, saints? Now, the circumstances were unusual also. Why? Because Jesus was born of a virgin. Oh, we know that also from Luke chapter 1, verse 31 through 35. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And then Mary said to the angel, well, how can this be? Man, I don't understand this. How can it happen? I've never known a man. And the angel said to her, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now, there are many who want to argue the virgin birth of Christ. It is not possible. You can't miss the fact that Jesus, in the scriptures, Jesus was not the product of a natural sexual union between a man and a woman. Notice the Bible says again, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. In other words, Mary was a virgin and became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. The virgin birth. Now, what you believe about the virgin birth is very important. What you believe about the virgin birth is extremely important for many reasons. First of all, if Jesus was born like any other baby, he could not be God. If Jesus were not born of a virgin, then the Bible is not true. And if the Bible is wrong about the virgin birth, then what else is the Bible wrong about? What you believe about the virgin birth most certainly is very important. If Jesus were not born of a virgin, then the early creeds of Christendom are also false. You remember we sing about it, the Apostles' Creed. We believe in Jesus Christ, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, the Apostles' Creed. 
If Jesus had two human parents, it would be difficult to see how he could be perfect and sinless. We call this the impeccability of Christ. What does that mean, Rodney? Well, it simply means that Jesus Christ's life was impeccable, sinless, never sinned. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and placed in the womb of Mary. And the word became flesh, the Bible tells us, and dwelt among us. And while he dwelt among us, he lived a sinless, impeccable life. He was without sin, totally apart from sin. Never did sin. He could never sin. Jesus is the sinless son of God. You see, if Jesus could sin, he couldn't be savior. And you say to me, Ronnie, wait a minute now, how does that work out? I don't understand this. How could Jesus be 100% man and 100% God? And you're telling me that he never sinned because he was a man, but he was also God. How does all that work out, Rodney? I don't know. The answer is, I don't know. I cannot really explain it. I can show you what the scriptures teach about it. But I can't explain it to you. I can't figure it out. But listen, I don't have a problem with it. You see, I'm serving the God and we're talking about the God who said, light be, light was. Let there be light. Light be, light was. This is a great and awesome God we're talking about. And you're not going to know everything about a great and awesome God. Because if you could know everything about a great and awesome God, then he wouldn't be God. So I don't have a problem with that. You know, some people, they got to know everything. You got to know everything. I got to know everything about everything. You don't know everything, and you never will. Get over it. There are some things you cannot know. There are some things that we don't need to know. All we need to know is that the Bible says it, and God says so. And that's good enough for me. Amen, saints? Good enough. Jesus was a sinless son of God. The virgin birth of Jesus was also important that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Matthew quotes here in verse 23, Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Notice Isaiah says it was a sign from God that the Christ child would be born of a virgin. Well, not only was the circumstances unusual, number one, but number two, the conduct of Joseph was very special. Did you see that in verse 19? Notice that. Now, we always talk about Mary. We talk about Mary all the time. And, and that's great. Mary is wonderful, as I explained. But I think we need to say a word for Joseph. Notice the Bible says, Joseph her husband being a just man. In my opinion, Joseph is one of the most unusual men in the Bible. The Bible says, teaches us he was a carpenter and kind of rugged kind of guy, not a preacher type. He was a man of care and integrity and honor and sensitivity. He was a godly man. And Joseph was very protective of his wife. He had a complete and total respect for Mary. Joseph was a righteous man and not willing to put her away publicly. Now remember, listen, 
Had you ever thought about it? Joseph is her husband. And to him, it looks like his woman had gone out and had sex with another man and came back home pregnant. That's what it looks like to him. And Joseph, with that, had every right by law to, according to Deuteronomy chapter 22, he had every right to take her to the center of the city, put her in a vat of manure, and stone her until she fell down dead. He had every right to do that. He could have had her killed legally. But notice he didn't do that. Why? Because he's a just man. And even in her supposedly sinful place, Joseph didn't want to embarrass her. Listen, you guys. Fellas, listen. Can we talk? Listen. Don't embarrass your wife. Don't expose her sin. Oh, I know that her behavior isn't angelic-like. But don't expose her and be quick to make a public spectacle of her and embarrass her. You know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. You see, Joseph, he loved his wife. She's pregnant with another man's baby. He had never had sex with her. She's a total embarrassment to him and his heart must have been broken and he would not allow her to be publicly disgraced or shamed. Husbands, don't do that to your wife. Love covers a multitude of sins. And that's why he wanted to put her away privately. Because he didn't want to expose her. That's another sermon. Point number three. The circumstances unusual. The conduct of Joseph was special. Point number three. The conception was supernatural in verse 20. Now, of course, we talked about the conception was supernatural because it was the virgin birth. But also, listen, it was also supernatural because the angel showed up to announce it. Now, ladies, when was the last time you were told you were pregnant, found out you were pregnant, and an angel came and told you that? It doesn't happen. You find out through the EPT test with the blue dot or the whatever that thing is, the red dot or what shows up. Something shows up. On the EPT test. And you discover, oh, I'm pregnant. But here, this was supernatural. Because the angel showed up. And when he showed up, I found it interesting. He didn't say, don't be afraid that I showed up. I mean, let's just face it. If an angel just shows up in your house, you're going to be afraid. I'm going to be afraid. But the angel shows up, and he doesn't say, don't be afraid that I showed up. He says, don't be afraid and take your wife or take Mary as your wife. The angel tells Joseph that the baby Mary is carrying is a baby like the world has never known. This baby is like no other because it is conceived by the Holy Spirit, which is supernatural. Point number four, the calling of his name was remarkable. The angel tells Joseph that Mary, in verse 21, Mary's baby is of the Holy Spirit and that they are to name him Yeshua, Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation. 
Now, to Christians, the name Jesus is the best name that ever rolled off the lips of any Christian. Amen, saints. Isn't that the truth? There is power in the name of Jesus. It's the sweetest name. That's why in the first song we were singing, his name is Wonderful. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. His name is powerful, like no other. I mean, think about it. Your name, Dan, Steve, Randy, Sue, Rodney. Oh, Rodney. But isn't it interesting? Jesus. Isn't that interesting? The Bible says there's power in that name. You don't believe me? Start talking to a group of people, and, and they're talking religion, they're talking God, and then say, Jesus. Man, they'll take you, put you in a vat of manure, and stone you to death. <laughs> you say the name of Jesus, maybe you go, oh, wait a minute, Jesus freak. Hold on there. It's not all about that one man. People do. But there's power in the name of Jesus. And the Bible tells us in Philippians, it's at the name of Jesus that every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth. And every tongue shall confess what saints that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's power in his name. Isaiah said, that unto us a child is born, a son is given, and his name is wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, the Prince of Peace. And it's this Jesus, his name, this man, who's going to save his people from their sins. It could read, he and he alone, or his power alone, will save his people from their sins. Hebrews chapter 7 tells us, wherefore he is able to save to the uttermost. Luke chapter 10 verse Luke chapter 19 verse 10 gives us his mission. Why did he come? To seek and to save that those who are lost. Oh, he doesn't come to save people from their wounded self-esteem. Or he doesn't come to make people rich or he didn't come to make people better people. He didn't come to save people from their meaningless lifestyle. Although if you give your heart and your life to Jesus, he will give your life meaning. But that's not why he came. He came for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to save men from their sins. The greatest need in the world is that people would be saved from their sins. Point number five, the coming of Jesus was prophetic in verse 22. Remember last week I told you there are 37 passages that begin with that it might be fulfilled. And then Matthew quotes Isaiah 7, 14. You see, when God makes a promise, he keeps it. We can count on God's word. It is God's purpose to show when he gave a prophecy is going to come to pass. And notice his name will be called in Isaiah Emmanuel. That means God with us. Now, why did God come and dwell with us? 
Well, I think it's pretty simple. He came to dwell with us so that we could know what God is like and to save us from our sins. In order for him, for us to know, for him to communicate to us what God is like, he had to leave his throne, come down, be clothed in flesh, and become a man so that he could communicate to us what God is like. Outside of my front door at home, I got a lattice seat kind of thingy with pots on the side. And on the top, get this, the weirdest thing happened. Never happened to me in my life. A bird came and made a nest right there, like two feet from my front door. It's like, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's like, it's this bird's nest, and, and, and this bird is, is, is sitting, you know, in his nest, and, and he leaves from time to time, or she leaves, maybe it's a girl bird, and, 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 she, and she, she goes and gets food, comes back, sits, and hatches these eggs. So this bird is there, like, every day. It is the most beautiful, unusual thing I have ever seen. Because, I mean, birds don't make nests, like, right by the front door. I mean, not generally. It's never happened to me. And so I love seeing this bird there. And every day I would leave for church or leave for work or whatever, I would stop and talk to the bird. And I, you know, hi, bird. And how you doing today? Oh, you look so pretty. How's the baby's coming? You know, and the bird is looking at me like, hello, I'm busy here. You know, sheesh, get away from me. And so I visit with the bird. And I'd come, you know, I'd come to church and come back home and I'd look and see. And in the morning, I'd get up and look out the window and see the bird sitting there all the time. And, and it blew me away. I, I, I love to communicate with the bird, although I couldn't accurately communicate with the bird. If I wanted to talk to that bird, guess what I would have to do? I'd have to become a bird. No comments from the peanut gallery, all right? If I wanted to talk to the bird. I'd have to become a bird. Well, if Jesus, the Bible says, Emmanuel, God with us, so that he could communicate to us that we might know what God is like. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. Look at him, Emmanuel, God with us. And he also came because it's the only way for men to be saved. Point number six, lastly, the commitment of Joseph in verses 24 through 25. Notice in your Bibles, when Joseph woke up, notice when he was aroused from his sleep, he did. I had you circle that word, did, as the angel of the Lord said. Notice he did not give the angel 37 reasons why he couldn't do what he said. He could have even said, look, I've got every right legally to divorce her and stone her. He didn't. He did what the angel said. So very important to simply do what God is saying to do. Just do it. And that also tells me that Joseph is very, very sensitive to spiritual things because the angel shows up. To him a couple of more times. Joseph, just a sensitive man, to do what God has told him to do. And he took Mary and he married her. And he did not know her till she had Jesus. Legitimately, morally, ethically, 
Joseph could have had sex with Mary during her pregnancy if he chose to. But notice the Bible's clear to tell us that he didn't know her until she gave birth to Jesus. Which also tells us, by the way, that Mary was not a perpetual virgin. Which then tells us it is very likely, and I believe according to the other Gospels, that Mary had other children, which is natural, especially for Jewish people. Remember when God told them to be fruitful and multiply? They took that serious. They kept having the kids. And they enjoyed having the kids to be fruitful and multiply, especially to have a son. So it is not cultural, nor is it likely that Mary did not have other children. That's not likely. It is more likely she did. Not only that, but the other Gospels named Jesus half-brothers and sisters. He did what God told him to do. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.